1: This AceCast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com. And by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst joins us for the David Forst Show right here on AceCast Live. David, how are you?
0: Hey Tony hey Cody how you guys doing
1: We're doing well um, first off do you like the way it is now to where we got a trading deadline there's a cutoff boom boom no waiver process whatsoever if you're gonna get your guy you got to get him now
0: <laughs> well I don't know stop me if you've heard this one before but I, I prefer flexibility <laughs> and uh, and I think the you know the way we had it for a long time with trade waivers, still allowed you to make moves if you needed to after after the July 31st deadline or I guess this year it was August 1st but uh look there's there's certainly an urgency created um I think without without any deadline whatsoever you know guys always sort of push push it off and and wait to see what they can get but um but yeah we you know we work within the rules we're given so I guess it was an exciting day on Tuesday.
1: And that's something you've always been so honest about. Just tell me the rules, and that's how we're going to play and be prepared for. What was your phone like? Was it just ringing off the hook? What was it like heading up to the deadline?
0: I mean, we we stayed pretty busy. Obviously, we ended up making two deals, uh, three if you include, you know, Fujinami about a week plus before the deadline. But, um, you know, I think we we understood – sort of where we were in the pecking order in terms of, of trade conversations, who who the guys on our club were that, that were gonna generate interest, uh, and also who we just weren't gonna talk about. I mean, there were there were certainly calls and, and asks on, you know, some of the young pitchers, some of the young position players who who we really do see being here in the next Contention cycle, the next playoff team for the A's, and didn't make sense to talk about those guys despite the requests.
1: I mean, if someone says, "Hey, uh, we're kind of thinking Geloff," do you just go, "Really,
0: <laughs> really?" Um, God, did I get a call on Geloff? I don't know that I got that one specifically. How about Medina?
1: Because Medina's dealing far. right now.
0: Yeah, Luis has had a pretty good month. Huh? Yeah, absolutely, Medina, <laughs> Sears, Noda uh all these guys generate interest as soon as you start contributing there are playoff teams out there that you know look if you entertain the conversation you never know what you might end up with and that's kind of our job to do the due diligence and at least look into it um but like i said i I think we feel like a lot of the guys who are here right now uh are making progress have a chance to grow with us and you know obviously the results on the field aren't what we want right now but i think I think you can see in, in certain games or, you know, certain at bats or certain innings, there's, you know, you see what the progress looks like and see what it might, what it might be down the road.
1: I'm glad you bring up Noda because we talked to Mark Kotze earlier today about this and you know how much I like him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I miss him. I miss Ruiz, right? <laughs> Ruiz was leading the national league. I mean, he was leading the all of baseball in stolen bases. Noda was leading the American league in walks. I mean, it was, it, they were fun to watch every day because you know they're a part of the future. I, I know that's how I feel watching it every day. How do you feel about it? You got
0: to miss them too, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, you miss you miss watching the excitement. You miss having them be part of the group and get those those reps and sort of you know what I just said is sort of see the see the light, see what it looks like at the end of the tunnel. And uh, I'm excited we're going to get both those guys back hopefully soon. SD maybe as soon as this weekend uh Noda, we're hoping he goes out to play next week. Um but yeah, I, I miss having them out here too. And um and I think, you know, when you put them with the group that, that's sort of getting reps right now, I, I think it's you know it just it's that much more fun to watch. Again, results are what they are and, and we're gonna try and win more games and, and we have you know we have a free series in Colorado where you know, you mentioned Luis, you get to see him pitch and you see some of these guys hit the ball the way they can. So um to get yeah, getting SD and nota back absolutely will be an important part for the last couple of months.
1: All right, looking back at the trading deadline, I was open to whatever you're gonna be able to make happen you, you, you were able to move Sam Moll. you were able to move Jace Peterson obviously you're looking for pitching you're trying to get as much pitching into the organization Joe Boyle is a big guy out of Notre Dame Chad Patrick is a guy that you're looking at a fourth rounder so you got a fifth rounder and a fourth rounder two guys who can start probably do other things talk about the two pitchers you're bringing into this organization
0: yeah, I think a lot is made of us sort of specifically targeting pitching. Um, and obviously, when you look at our trades over the last couple of years, there's, you know, there's a lot of pitchers in them. We know, Waldichuk, Sears, Medina all on our rotation right now, all, uh, you know, all came in the same trade. Uh, we are really out there looking for the best player. I, I can tell you, we, we talked about a lot of position players over the course of the last week in conversation. We just we landed on these two guys. Um, I'm excited about Joe Boyle, no doubt. It's a it's a big arm, it's a big fastball. Uh when you line him up on paper, he looks a lot like Louis did when we traded for him a year ago. The stuff is there, the command needs work. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think Louie's really put in the work. I mean, this guy is a he's a worker, he's a good student, he knows what he wants. So it's not, you know, we don't have a magic formula, but I but I like our odds of you know, getting this guy in the strike zone, he's going to pitch, I think tomorrow night for Midland. So I'm excited to see him go out there. And the same with Chad, you know, four or five pitch guy has competed in double A. In fact, he he shoved against Midland uh, just last week. So that that didn't hurt his cause for coming over here in a deadline trade. But uh, yeah, adding two starting pitchers at the double A level was, was a really good outcome for us.
1: I'm not sure if there's a difference in the numbers than when you first started and where we are now, but it's like every day I wake up like McClanahan with Tampa. At one point, we're like, this guy's going to win the AL Cy Young Award. He's going back to Tampa again to look at his forearm and his elbow. I mean, every day you wake up, somebody's hurt. So is it different trying to build pitching, not only at the Big at the big league level, but also in the minor leagues with so many guys hurt. Caprelli just, you know, now surgery. It's just is it tougher now to get the depth inside the entire organization than it was when you first started?
0: I don't know if it's tougher now, but unfortunately, it's not it's not any different, despite a lot of the things that we've done. To try and take care of arms, and and you talk about pitch counts and inning limits, and you know, sort of cutting back on workload. God, I just don't know that we found the right formula, and it's too bad because you know there's so many talented guys out there who are being held up because of injury. I mean, shoot, don't you don't have to look much further than Mason Miller in our in yeah. our clubhouse right now, um, and and look, Mason is. He's getting ready to, to throw a live BP, I think, next week. And he's, you know, he's got a couple two-up bullpens. He's, you know, we're kind of holding our breath and crossing all our fingers and toes that uh, that this one sticks. But it's hard to keep guys healthy, and you know that. As you know, as someone who puts together a roster, puts together a farm system, you've got to have depth, and you got to have layers and layers of reinforcements. And it just it's still part of our game, no doubt.
1: And I, I know for me, obviously, after the game, when you talk to the fans, uh, we're going to get to this point as you get later into August where there's veteran guys, younger guys. You want to see the younger guys play. You weren't able to – I don't know how many more of the older guys you tried to trade or you weren't able to trade, but just talk about that dance as you get later in the season. Next thing you know, September call You're looking at Lawrence Butler at another big night in Las Vegas last night, everybody's buzzing about it. So what is that like from the front office standpoint? Because veterans have a lot of pride and you want to treat them well, but yet you want your young guys to play and develop.
0: Look, it's the same balance we've been trying to do all year, you know, sometimes more successfully than others. Um, you you recognize the value of experience and, and what it what it teaches guys about how to go about their business every day. What it teaches guys about what it means to be a big leaguer and how to win so uh you you just you can't roll out there with a group of 26 rookies it just doesn't work um you know the the manager does absolutely everything in his power to teach these guys and and obviously he was a great player in his own right and he can he can impart on them the lessons that he learned but the reality is it, it comes from the other 25 guys in that room and, and you look around if you're a player and you, you try and find role models of, of how you do it, how you prepare, how you work out before and after the game, how you, you know, hold yourself in the dugout. All these things have to come from guys who've been there before. So it's, it is a balance and, and, you know, going back, you know, your first question that where I talked about having less flexibility than we used to, like you only get two roster spots now in September. So you get a one position player, one pitcher. We used to have. That's it. Yeah, you only get to go to twenty eight in September. Wow. So, and you have a fourteen, you know, fourteen pitcher max. So um, it's not like, yeah, it's not like those years where you could bring up five or six guys <laughs> and and let them let them get their feet wet. So it's you had it's a whole a other bus
1: you had to get for some of these teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that were years we drove Mickey nuts with all the guys that we yeah. brought up. So. Um, no, it's yeah, it's part of part wow, of the game. That changes you, a lot. You, you sort of figure it out, and and you balance young and old. You balance winning and development. None of that stuff changes just because the calendar turns to September.
1: That changes a lot. You're only getting one guy, so position players. So as I'm sitting here ranting and raving at night after the games, Hernandez has to come up. Butler, Harris, all the you got one guy to bring up in September. That is. That is definitely different. Very interesting. Also interesting, you know, you love when you look at fan graphs and you see this piece on Medina where it starts talking about his year is a replacement level, as they like to say. But you look at this month, and he's pitching like an ace. I know we can look at all the the data you want. I'm just saying just looking at him, the confidence. You could just see in a professional athlete when the light starts to go on you can see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it when the camera's on him in the dugout. Just this month, he has changed. What have you seen?
0: Well, I've seen the performance change, but the, the look in his eyes that you're talking about, I think that's been there since we got him. I, I think, you know, I mentioned earlier, this is a guy who, who works constantly, who studies, who wants to learn. Emo, Emo has told me time and time again since Louie got here, you know, how much this guy watches he watches other guys throw their sides he goes down there with an, a purpose when he throws his own sides um, and, and I don't know if you remember but but Mark went to the Dominican last offseason. he had dinner with seven or eight guys who were down there um, you know a couple of guys in the roster, a couple of minor league guys and I remember him calling me afterwards and saying like Medina, really made an impression because it was a mixed bag from him last year when he came over he had a couple starts he didn't get out of the first inning he, you know the command was an issue and everyone's saying oh this guy's just a reliever um but but we didn't really know we had and mark called me after that dinner he had he said hey medina this guy wants to win he wants to be good um and it you know it's not a it's not a finished product but you're right what we've seen in the last month with the you know the breaking ball, the success he's had getting swings and misses in the strike zone, you know throwing strikes with his fastball. These are sort of all the ingredients that you hoped would come, and that uh, if he if he does put it all together for an extended period of time, you know give him a chance to be a really good major league pitcher.
1: You know when people are successful in business, see for some reason in sports fans don't like to think of this as a business. But if you read any type of literature about successful people in this world and people have been very successful in business and they can be bold and they can be innovators. They can be all these different things. But one thing that a lot of them also have is patience. And (laughs) a lot of people aren't patient. We're not wired like that as human beings where you're talking like Medina, Medina comes up, he's walking the world. Oh my God, what do we get from the Yankees? But you have to have patience. Talk about in your job, it's tough, but you have to have it if you're gonna be successful and if you're gonna do it for a long time.
0: It's a it's a really hard thing to sort of remind yourself. I, I'm not particularly patient. I, I don't think I don't think Dan Feinstein is, I don't think Billy O is. I know Mark Katze is not. Um, it's it is a really hard thing to remind yourself that you have to be and and Look, I, I don't think the fans want to have to be patient. That's not what they're, you know, that's not what they're looking for. Uh, they want to come out here and, and see a winner. And, and we do too, but but you're right, Chris, patience is is critical. And and it requires some vision too. I mean, you have to sort of look at what's gone on here this year and have a little bit of vision to say like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to pick out the positives. I'm willing to sort of look at, at how guys are making progress little by little by little and be patient for it all to come together because otherwise otherwise if you're not you you make decisions that are mostly emotional and mostly aren't going to help you so it's yeah you're absolutely right it's a huge huge part of being successful
1: and there's certain guys that you look at like i'm a big henry bolte fan obviously as a bay area kid from palo alto high the first time we met him you i mean I mean, his face looked like a high schooler. His body looked like he could be playing in the NFL. You're just like, gee, I, you have these guys, and they might be a ways away, but when you start talking about the vision, are you, are you seeing a guy like Henry Bolte and you see, like, folks just wait? I, I know it's tough to preach patience, but in a few years, some of these guys are coming, and they're going to be legit.
0: Yeah, Henry's a good example. I know he had two homers the other night uh, in Visalia. Um, he's been really fun to watch kind of mature over the course of the year for a, a 19-year-old to go into the Cal League and and do what he's done. You know, both show power, show patience, uh, just really kind of stay afloat in that league has been great. But but you're right, you, you know, you got Bolti there. you got, you know, Muncy moved up to double-A. Now Jacob Wilson's with Susac in – in high A along with, you know, a guy like Colby Thomas, who very quietly has, you know, has had a really nice year and continued to get better over the course of the year. Um, and we've seen Lawrence and Hernays and, and Harris move up. Um, you've, you know, you've got a guy like Laz Armenteros and double A who again, steady, steady progress. This guy's on a path to potentially be really good. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all part of the waiting game and, and, you know it's it's good for us to sort of just be coming off the draft cuz it's a reminder that oh yeah these these guys all start from a certain place and it takes a little while to get there you obviously have exceptions who get to the big leagues in 12 months or whatever it is but but the normal path still takes some time and you really you have to wait for these guys patience Gotta have patience.
1: Gotta have pay. not everybody can be like Al K Line and leave the high school prom and be starting for the Tigers for the next twenty years. It just doesn't no. work that way.
0: You're you're dating yourself, Chris. If you had gone with Ken Griffey Jr., it would have made more sense.
1: Well, I always bring him up because when we were in Detroit one time, it was just me in our broadcast booth, and he came in and said, Excuse me, son, I'm Al K line. And I just turned around. I'm like, oh my yeah i know who you are like i was like what and he introduced himself and he said i'd like to sign baseballs for your community fun i went yes sir mr k-line i'll go down and get baseballs i mean it was like the most surreal thing ever i always bring up Al k-line it's a great example hey great stuff as always we appreciate it uh can't wait the next two two months we're gonna hopefully see a lot of growth with your ball club and a lot of the young guys that is the future and patience is the word of the day
0: that's the, that's the idea. I'm looking forward to uh, a couple of good crowds this weekend against the Giants. I'll see you out here on Saturday.
1: Oh, quickly, one more. The A's Hall mm-hmm. of Fame, it, it's very, very special. Uh, yes. uh, obviously, Jason Giambi, you've known him very well for years. Just uh, a quick thing about Jason Giambi and how great this new A's Hall of Fame is where we celebrate the greatness of this organization.
0: No doubt. It's going to be a fun, fun day on Sunday. I'm so excited and happy for Jason and Kristen and their, their family. I mean, he is, he's responsible for a lot of my, my great memories here at the A's. I mean, my first few years, you know, Jason was kind of a larger than life figure. And you think about, you know, the home run off Stanton to walk it off and and some of the, you know, the playoff hits and yeah, to sort of have followed his career, obviously came back here for a stretch, but he's, he just is, is such a huge personality and such a big part of A's history um, that I'm really I'm excited frankly just to see him over the weekend but but happy for him that he's getting this honor looking forward to, to his speech on Sunday and and getting a nice a nice applause from the fans when he comes back home.
1: yeah it's gonna be very emotional. great stuff we'll see you this weekend. okay Tony I'll see you David Forrest the general manager of your Oakland Athletics.
0: this has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.